Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pool Guy Show. Today I'm going to continue with a part two of a podcast I did on rookie mistakes when you're servicing pools. So stay tuned for some tips on how to avoid some mistakes that are pretty costly when you're first starting out in the business. This podcast is brought to you by InyoPools.com. InyoPools has been helping pool owners find the right pool parts since 2001 with over 50,000 pool parts in stock. Order online today and have the parts delivered right to your door podcast is also brought to you by Riptide Pool Vacuum System. Riptide is a powerful vacuum system that picks up large debris off the bottom of the pool. So if you service pools in an area with a lot of heavy debris, Riptide Pool Vacuum System will be perfect for you. You can learn more about the Riptide at www.riptidevac.com. So in the first podcast I did on this, I covered a lot of the mistakes you make when you're bidding an account. So I'm going to go into some more detail of some things that you want to avoid when you're starting out and one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make I made this mistake myself and I'll share one of my stories with you here is getting payment on the spot when you do a job like a green pool cleanup so when you're first starting out in the business it's pretty typical to have the attitude of trusting everybody having kind of a laid-back lazy fare kind of way of doing business because you're excited, you're just started, you're, it, it feels good to land a job like a green pool cleanup and you know to, to get some good money coming in for the first time um, doing this kind of business. So you're probably not overly focused. I wasn't when I first started overly focused on getting the money up front from clients when you start a job like this, uh, which is a pretty big mistake. So um, I advise now to get all the money up front or at least half the money up front before you even consider starting a green pool cleanup. And for me, in my situation, I did a green pool cleanup. I charged a customer $350. This one I was first starting in the business and it was a pretty good-sized cleanup. And the customer said he'll leave the check out for me by the gate under a brick. So I was pretty you know, confident I was going to get the money. So I started the process and when I was leaving that day, I looked under the brick that he specified. It wasn't there, so I was like, okay, maybe he put it somewhere else. I looked under different bricks. I know this is getting kind of ridiculous, but I was moving one brick to another. There was a pile of bricks by the gate, and I couldn't find it. So then I sent him a message. I said, you know, I didn't see the check there. He said, oh, I'll have it for you tomorrow when you come back to continue the process. So I went back the next day, and there was no check there either. Um, so... Long story short, I finished the whole job, and the check never materialized during the whole time. So I'm hounding him, trying to get the money. I finally got, I think, like $100. He left $100 cash there for me. Um, But I never received the rest of the payment for that. And that was my first lesson in this business, that you really can't trust people. Um, It's sad to say, but that's just the reality of the way things are nowadays. And... So 
you got to get the money up front. You know, just like any other business, if you hire a plumber to come repipe your house or replumb a major job or a water heater, um, they're going to want the money before the job is finished. So, just like anything else, you want to take that into account and get that payment. So, there's many things you can do. You can um, most people have a PayPal account. You can give the customer your PayPal email address, and they can deposit the funds into your PayPal account at the same time you start the job. You can get a Square account, and you can order the little cell phone uh, Dougal so they can actually take credit cards on the spot. They would just swipe the credit card um, with your cell phone, and you would get the payment from the customer. You can, of course, take a check from them. Uh, there's some risk involved that the check may not have funds behind it, but generally speaking, it's pretty safe to take a check that the customer gives you or hands you, or they can leave cash for you. I always tell customers, leave the check in the time box for me. That way I, I can find it easy, easily. I don't have to be looking under bricks anymore. And that's usually the place I'll tell them to leave it. Leave the check in the time clock or in the automated system panel. And I'll open that up first to make sure the check is in there. Then I'll start the process of doing the work. So you can't be too trusting because you'll get burned. Um, eventually you'll get burned and not get the payment for a job you have done. And then recovering the payment at that point can be difficult. You can hound him. You can um, keep asking him for the payment. You can take him to small claims court. There's a small filing fee for that. And in the last resort, you would uh, put a lien on their property. But be aware that for the lien to be enforceable in a lot of states, you'll have to uh, file a, a civil suit against the uh, homeowner to get your payment. So there's time limits for everything. There's time limit for filing the lien. Um, after you do the job, don't get paid. And there's a time limit once you file the lien to make it enforceable. You have to sue them in court. So the process of getting the money after the fact is just too uh, too difficult. And chances are you're never going to get that money. So get the money up front for a process like a green pool cleanup. And I mentioned in my green pool podcast that there's a reason why the pool is green. Maybe they didn't pay the service technician before you. Maybe they're having financial issues and... Maybe they rebounded from that. But regardless of the fact you want that money in your hand before you do any kind of work on the property to prevent chasing someone down for the money, which I've done in the past, which is a really foolish thing to do because um, getting the payment up front is... If they don't pay you up front, then I would walk away from the project and, and go somewhere else. But I understand the initial excitement. You're starting out in business. You finally landed something big and you're excited to do a green pool cleanup and, and test your skills out and really um, and get this done. So the excitement of doing that sometimes will blind you with the fact that you don't have the payment. And so typically any kind of job that's big, any kind of installation, you want to get the payment when you're doing the job itself. Um, unless you know the person personally or their friend or someone, something like that, or a friend of the family, a friend of another client, then you may give them a little more grace. But generally speaking, you want that money in your hands. Okay, let me switch gears a little bit here and talk about one of the things that happens is when you're first starting out, you want to impress the client with your skill. So you're spending a lot of time at the pool doing unnecessary things a lot of the time. So let's say you get to a pool, there's an automatic cleaner there, and the pool looks pretty clean. I know a lot of new guys will still take their vacuum out and do a full vacuum of the pool, which is not necessary. You know, spot vacuuming is fine. 
you want to get the debris off the top. If there's a lot of debris in the top, you want to get you want to do the best job you can. A lot of the times when you get to a, a new accounts, there's there are accounts that aren't really dialed in, so you have to spend a lot of time getting everything back in shape. So that's understandable. And a lot of times you have to take accounts that have heavy debris because you're starting out, you got to take what you can get. But there's a point where you're doing too much work at a pool and spending too much time there. So you have to kind of figure out, am I spending too much time here vacuuming this pool every week when it really doesn't need it? Am I spending too much time skimming the surface? Um, you don't want to be overdoing it. You want to leave the pool clean, of course, and as spotless as possible. But if the pool is a heavy debris pool and, and the wind's blowing and the stuff's falling in while you're cleaning it, there's a point where you just have to uh, pull the plug and move on to the next account. You should not be spending more than 25 minutes per pool on a normal size pool. There's some exceptions for states like Texas where there's a lot of 35, 40,000 gallon pools. But 20,000, 25,000 gallon pool or less, you shouldn't spend more than 25 minutes at the stop doing everything you need to do. And you can do a very thorough job of cleaning the pool in 20 minutes, no problem, and checking the chemicals and making sure the equipment's running and everything, all the baskets are empty. So don't do too much and kind of pace yourself to where if the pool looks fairly clean, you want to just do spot vacuuming, spot cleaning, and then move on to the next account because, you know, they're paying you to keep the pool clean and keeping it safe to swim in. They're not paying you by the hour when you're doing the pool service. And generally, typically speaking, most of my accounts I'm done in 15 to 20 minutes at the most. Um, there's a few accounts that are walk in and walk out. Everything looks really good. So I'm there for about 10 to 15 minutes. So it's just how it is. Um, you don't want to overdo it and do too much work at a stop because then you're losing money. And then, of course, there are those pools where you got to put on a show because they're so clean. There's actually nothing to do. And I have several of those on my route. So I'll spend some extra time checking the chemicals. I'll brush the tiles. I'll skim the pool multiple times. I'll brush the pool. But really, the pool was spotless when I got there. And I'll leave it spotless too, but i got to spend some time there doing something. I just can't not do anything. Um, those are the best accounts to get. Um, hopefully you'll have several of those on your route to kind of balance out the pools where you're spending the full 25 minutes there um, with the heavy debris. So you definitely want to keep, of course, those sweet pools and eventually wean out the ones that are just harder and take a lot of time. And if you can build a route, around all these pools where you're in and out in 15 minutes um, you would really you would make really good money out there doing this service um, again exceptions would be like Texas where the pools are just gigantic um, you want to make sure you charge the right service rate for those large pools so typically in Texas you should be getting about 40 to 50 dollars per visit on those larger accounts to make it worth your money to spend the 35 to 45 minutes there cleaning it and even in Texas, if you're spending an hour at a pool, you're spending too much time there cleaning it. So keep that in mind, too, that even though it's those are larger pools, you should be able to get them done within 45 minutes and get out of there. Otherwise, you're losing money in that case if you're spending over an hour on those pools and getting that kind of service rate. And here's another one that I'm, I'm guilty of, and I'm still guilty of this. I haven't changed my uh, way of billing is doing free services for customers so one thing i haven't incorporated yet is charging the customer to clean the salt cell it does take a good 15 or 20 minutes of soaking sometimes um, when i get to a stop the first thing i'll do is take the salt cell apart soak it clean it 
and then hose it off. So that that does take some time. There are a few salt systems on my route. Getting the salt cell on and off takes quite a bit of time because it's plumbed in there really tight. So I don't charge for that. I should. And that's giving a customer a free service. And you don't want to do that when you're starting out your business. You want to set up your billing to where you charge for the salt cell cleaning. Of course, I charge for the filter cleaning. Occasionally, I'll do something for free, simple, that's simple for the customer. But you want to charge just about for everything you do there. Um, what I mean by free service, if I'm putting a new pressure gauge on the filter, I'm not going to charge them for that. I'll just charge them for the part. But if you're doing anything more extensive than that, you definitely want to charge the customer uh, a re- you know, your service, your hourly service rate to do any kind of uh, repairs or anything like that. So that's kind of important too is to set your business up to where you're charging for all the services and you're not losing money. I also don't charge the fixer automatic cleaner, which I should charge for, but I never set my service up to do that. And certain cleaners like the Hayward Navigator can take uh, some time to change and get running. So you may want to charge a nominal fee to do uh, cleaner repairs also. And the Polaris cleaners also take some time to, to uh, fix and repair and change the parts in those. So kind of set yourself up to where you're maximizing your service rate out there. Uh, by charging for all the services and not doing too much free work unless it's something minor. And then I'll move into um, what to build a customer for. I get asked a lot of this in my group. And by the way, I have a coaching group that I can go into a lot more detail with you. And the guys in the forum can also, the uh, group check, and also fill you in on what they do for their customers and how they build their customers. So you can find more about my group at my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. Just click on pool guy and gal coaching or um, you can also click on the group I formed I formed an association I'll touch on that too I'll, t- I'll talk about that and why you should actually be part of some kind of group in your area too uh, but I'll, you can also click on that link and that will take you to my coaching site so how do you break down the bill and basically charging everything inclusively is probably not the best way to do your billing when you're starting out one of the reasons why I discourage all-inclusive billing is because if the cost of your supplies go up, the cost of the trichlor tablets, the cost of the chemicals start to rise, you'll have to raise your service rates, and raising your service rates can be difficult. <clears throat> Come on, man. One of the reasons you don't want to do all-inclusive billing in most cases is that when everything goes up, the cost of, of operating, cost of the chemicals goes up, you'll have to raise your service rates more often then if everything is charged extra outside of the basic labor, muriatic acid, and the maintenance dose of chlorine. So if you're starting out your business, you definitely want to think about setting it up to where you bill your customers for the labor, the muriatic acid, and the liquid chlorine, and then everything else that you're going to use at the customer's house, the customer pays for. So you would charge them for the bucket of tablets, you would charge them for any phosphate remover. You would charge them for the algicide. I definitely recommend doing a seasonal one-time pool RX charge and putting a pool RX unit in the pool. And you'll thank me later for that. The pool won't look any better ever than when it's running with a pool RX unit in there all summer long. So by breaking down the bill and charging everything separate, um, You'll not have to raise your rates very often because the customer will absorb any kind of increase in the chemical costs. 
if the bucket of tablets rises in price, the customer pays a higher price when you sell it to them versus if you're including everything in your bill, you have to raise the rates on all your customers to compensate for the increased cost of the trichlor tablet. So it's always a good idea to really think long and hard about how you want to set up your billing rates. I definitely recommend charging for the filter cleaning outside of the pool service uh, rates. That way, um, number one, you're motivated to clean the filters twice a year at least, sometimes more often depending on the size of the filter. And number two, you don't lose any money on labor when you're doing the filter because they take it takes time and it's really hard to include that in your service rate. It's just always better to charge for the filter cleaning outside of your normal service rate twice a year or in some cases three times a year depending on uh, how bad the filter gets. Of course, if you're in Florida... Florida is notorious for their single bullet filters at all their accounts. So use your judgment on how often to clean those uh, filters and use your judgment on if you want to include that in your service charge because you may have to depending if you're cleaning that filter every month. So it's definitely regional as far as who includes the filter cleaning charge and who doesn't. Uh, Areas where there's a lot of sand filters Generally, the filter cleaning charge is separate because the sand filters are not charged for cleaning. So definitely set your business up to where you maximize your revenue by charging for the filter cleaning, charging for all the chemicals outside of the maintenance dose of chlorine and muriatic acid. And when I say maintenance dose of chlorine, I mean maybe one gallon, maybe two gallons a week at the most. If you're putting more than that in, you're going to have to talk to the customer about Uh, maybe purchasing a case of chlorine to keep at the property so that you can add it and it'll be an extra charge because there are certain accounts that will use a lot more chlorine than other accounts. Uh, Pools like a heavy use or if the pool has some water quality issues, you'll be using a lot more chlorine there. So you have to come to an agreement with the customer in that case because you don't want to be spending money throwing in four gallons of liquid chlorine every week and not getting compensated for it because then you're actually losing money at that particular account. And I touched on this in the other podcast, but you want to have service agreements drawn up for everything you do, um, it's like a, almost like a agreement on what the customer is responsible for, which is filling up the pool with water, and what you're responsible for. You also want to have agreements when you're doing green pool cleanups, when you're doing acid washes. And I'm in the process right now of trying to nail down an attorney for my group that can draw up contracts for the guys in my group um, for a fee. So that's one thing I'm working on right now so that they'll be covered and have a contract that's um, legal and binding for any services that they perform, repairs, acid wash, green pools. And this makes things clear to the customer um, what the outcome is going to be, what may happen, may not happen. It's all going to be down there in writing. So that's kind of important to have on hand. That way there's no a question of, you know, I cleaned the green pool for you, but the pool's really badly stained still. Those stains were pre-existing, so I can't do anything about it. It has to kind of be in writing. A lot of guys don't do that. So I'm working on this so that I'll have an attorney that will be able to drop forms so that um, you'll be protected um, when you do something like this out in the field. And then I also touched on having a website on the last one, and that's really crucial to have a basic website set up 
It's not expensive at all. Having your service rates on the website is a great way to get attract customers. When you're giving your business card, they can go to your website and check out the rates you charge. And it just makes you look really legitimate having a website. And if you need one built, I have a company that I work with. And for $200 a year, you can have a website maintained and built for you with a small startup fee. I also have a discount code that will get you $50 off the first year when you use this company to have a website built. You can learn more about that directly at their website at www.clearpoolproducts.com. Again, that's the website is clearpoolproducts.com. And you can have a website built for a minimal in, uh, initial fee. And these are high-quality, searchable SEO uh, websites. So definitely think about having one of those built. So the last thing I'll touch on is if you're new to the business, you definitely want to join a group so that you can gain knowledge and learn the trade without making costly mistakes. I mentioned that I have a group also here online. The name of my group is called the Swimming Pool Service Pro Association and you can learn more about that on my website swimmingpoollearning.com. You can also join a local group in your area. You can join IPSA. You can join a state group like California Swimming Pool and Spa Association. There's also Florida Spa Association. So there's a lot of local groups you can join. Again, I have a group that I formed, and we don't really have meetings because we're all over the nation, but we do meet in a group chat. And, and if you join my group, you can also uh, text me or call me directly. And the pricing of my group is phenomenal. It's $10 a month to text me in real time, and it's $20 a month to call me, text me, and also do a video chat with me. And I'm available to answer your questions and help you. So definitely you want to join some kind of group to get some help as you're starting out in the business, network with people, get those questions answered that are that are hard to answer, and look for a local group in your area. And definitely think about joining my particular group that I offer and all the benefits I offer. I also offer uh, 10% off your general liability insurance and 10% off the Riptide Pool Vacuum System when you join my group. So, again, the name of my group is Swimming Pool Service Pro Association, SPSPA, and you can learn more about that on my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. So I hope you've got some good information here, and you can avoid some of these mistakes that I've made in the past, and you can set your business up to where you're maximizing your bottom line. So if you have any questions about starting a pool business, definitely email me. I'm happy to help you and give you some tips and guide you in the right direction there. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show The Pool Guy Podcast Show The Pool Guy Podcast Show Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.